0: manx radio podcasts powered by shore
1: women today so uh, we have had a great deal of fun on the show this afternoon joined by a, a myriad of creative folk and uh, thankfully i've been able to persuade them to stay behind for this little podcast because the ladies have some extra work they would like to share and we're very delighted that they are going to do that for us and um, liz let's start with some of your wonderful poetry tell us a little bit about uh, what you're going to read for us before you read it for us please
2: Well, this poem is about when, you know, your children leave home. I've got four children and three of them have all left home now, two at university and one is living with friends and having a great time. And uh, suddenly your house becomes quite empty and uh, the poem is called Empty Nest. When did the washing pile become manageable? When did silence seem unfathomable? When did the plates match unchipped? When did tummies stop being bottomless pits? When did the remote control return? When did our fingers begin to unfurl? When did the bathroom start floor stay dry? When did the question stop being why? When did the scuffs on the skirting board go? When did a trip to the loo become solo? When did a lion naturally occur? When did story time disappear? When did the shopping trolley become so light? When did I stop getting kissed goodnight? When did shoes lie neatly by the door? When did the Lego move from the living room floor? When did the coats hang themselves up? When did we stop going to feed the ducks? When did the light switches stop being all grubby? When did I stop being called mummy? When did the fruit bowl outlive the day? How did I not prepare for the day they'd leave to the stay?
1: Oh, that is so gorgeous! And do you know what, Liz? I was just going to say to you, it must be quite difficult to read that because it is clearly very personal. And I was going to ask you how it felt, but you did get quite choked up at the end. So it just proves how how important words are and how i'd imagine so many people would be able to relate to that as well so many people and in fact you know we have janet and jane beside us here both being really moved by that <laughs> listening to it is, is it important to you that you can so that your work is able to connect with people in that oh, respect
2: absolutely, yes i mean it does make me emotional because you do miss them but also you know you come across these things and it just stays in your mind i do remember the day when i thought you know when did the manage the washing pile become manageable you know <laughs> i didn't have to do three washes in a day it was oh that's cool but also quite sad isn't it so thank you so much for sharing that with thank us and um, we're also jane joined by
1: jane here is uh, who we heard part of a story that you read out on air for us thank you so much for that jane and uh Are you going to read it for us in in full a bit more of it now? Yes, I will. Very excited. So tell us a little bit about the origins of it for us before you read it.
3: Um, The first part of it, the mother tree, that came from um, the hub. We were doing an indoor-outdoor session. We did four weeks of the indoors and outdoors, and we were going outside and exploring nature and just looking at it. Um, And then Johanna did a... uh, She put up a video of this lady talking about nature and um, the forest, And also, but she called it kind of the mother tree and how the connectivity, and related it to actually, because she was talking to teenagers, to Facebook and how it all connects and those interconnections and how that grows and it spreads across the world and how we should look after it. Um, And then it kind of connected with the idea that actually that could connect to anything. And I'd had this idea and thought in my head about the bereaved child, because we all suffer loss at some point in our lives and it is the one thing that we can be guaranteed of isn't it that somebody or we will all eventually die and I just felt it was kind of the two components I liked the idea that the tree is there and it's consistent but actually everything dies eventually so I kind of thought I'd I just I don't know it grew from there okay this is the mother tree and the bereaved child the mother tree watched as the child ran towards her sorrow seeping from her soul Allowing the wind to take her branches, she bowed her massive body to allow the little girl to feel her presence. The faltering footsteps as she approached had her still. Large, round, deep blue eyes peered up through a round, chubby face. Her face gold glowed with possibilities. Leaves danced, making her branches sway with joy. Leaning slightly forward, her branches lowered towards the ground, offering her supportive limbs to the little girl. Seeing the shadows of grief leave, eyes brightened with wonder. Tiny hands crept towards, forward, touching the mother tree's rough bark. Oh, you feel so prickly. Giggles erupted as a rosy cheek pushed against her. The warmth spread through her massive trunk, down into her roots, as they accepted the gift the child had given. Little legs wobbled as they climbed up the lowered branches, her tiny face scrunched with determination. The mother tree spoke kindly to the wind, asking her for her to calm, to allow the child to climb without fear of falling. The wind slowly died, creating a gentle breeze that barely rustled her leaves. Bowing gracefully, the mother tree thanked the wind for her kindness. Feeling the child settle on the branch, she cushioned her back with the multi-coloured leaves, orange-red, yellow-brown, and dark greens blended their richness, making a wonderful soft pillow. The watery sun caught the dewdrops hanging from the leaves, making tiny rainbows that appeared to dance on them. The dappled light cast reflections over the girl's face, showing her sorrow had returned. Her tiny cupid bow mouth trembled. Little shoulders haunched as big blue eyes glistened with unushered tears. What is wrong, my child? Why the sad face? Words that whispered through the branches made the little child's gaze turn skyward. Shadowed sunlight caught the golden threads within her curls making them shine, forming a perfect halo of brightness around her face. Inquisitive eyes searched. Can trees talk? Yes, my child, they can, but only a few choose to hear. I am lucky that you are so special that you chose to hear me today. Can you tell me why you were so sad? The mother's tree branches rubbed as the words floated around the child. My mummy says my daddy died, that he's not coming back, ever. The small voice could hardly be heard past the far sorrowful morning. Protective branches moved the child closer to the mother tree's trunk. Tiny arms hugged her, taking comfort as the sobs died, leaving only the sound of hiccups. The grief coated her as it seeped in t- from the child. The mother tree took the grief, wanting to free the child, allowing her just to, mo- to be in the moment. The Mother Tree considered her words as the child looked expectantly at her. Everything dies, child. It is part of life. Life and death are a natural cycle. One cannot happen without the other. The girl nodded, but her little face looked perplexed. Will you die then, as well? Swaying branches lifted the child higher so she could see past her to all other living things. Using her branches, she directed the girl's gaze. See out there, all the trees, plants, grass and flowers. Her eager smile had the mother tree continue. We are all connected. What we do and how we do it impacts on all living things. My roots travel into the earth, allowing me the privilege of helping other things grow, or in some cases, die. We are living things and therefore we will die at some point. Nothing, my child, lasts forever. That includes human beings. Do you understand? The mother's tree gentle words had the little girl consider her next question. My daddy was sprinkled on the flowers after he died. Does this mean he will come back as a flower? The little girl's hope radiated out, lessening the feelings of sadness at the prospect of a father being a flower. Your father will definitely help the flowers grow and bring new life into the ground where they sprinkled him. All life is a gift, so you must treasure all of it. We are all part of the fabric of the earth, joined together. We all have the ability to nurture it. Tiny arms struggled to wrap around the mother's tree trunk, but she tried, holding as tight as she could. I'll look after you and your friends, so that you can look after my daddy, and I'll know he's growing into something special, just like you. Wiggling her tiny bottom, the mother tree lowered her limbs, helping the child to the ground. Leaves crunched under her small feet as she bounced and danced off towards the house, turning back briefly to wave. The sorrow somehow seemed lighter as the child bowed her head, acknowledging the gift the mother tree had given so freely.
1: Absolutely beautiful. It's so wonderful that it's just so there's something so very comforting about it it's just it's a beautiful piece really lovely and you're saying that you, you've actually completed a book which is is it did you were you saying it's actually gone off to publishers or something it, it's or? gone to
3: a, it's gone to an editor because um, i'm going to self-publish on amazon <gasps> fantastic um, I've, I've created a creator space account there so hopefully in the future i would like it to be out this year fingers crossed so how can we keep
1: on top of what you're doing then work-wise because i'm sure there's plenty of people who'd like to you know
3: well i do have a facebook page uh, and it's it's JP Sale, so um, because actually my surname, my original surname was J uh, was Sale, so I've gone back to that, but I've kept my JP, which is Jane Payton, because I wanted it to, to be me still. So I actually have created a page. So I am on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and on Instagram. So you can follow me. Fantastic. And keep up to date that way if you are interested. <laughs> if someone had told you
1: this time two years ago. That you would have gotten this far with your writing, what would you have said to them? I would have
3: laughed hysterically. <laughs> I, it was it was a pipe dream. It was something that was always there, but I work became I don't know. Everybody gets so sucked in, don't they? When you when you have a job and and it became like an un, oh, it was just so much that I didn't have time for anything else. That it took over my life, and I, until I actually stopped and thought about it um, and made the decision to make changes. And actually, do something that gave me a real lift. Um, it, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought I would still be where I was. So I'm just. And I have to say, the lady that I got the life coaching is called Vicky Cleek. She does it on Ireland, and she's amazing. So if anyone ever decided to do that, I'd recommend her. Thanks to Vicky and to Janet as well. And uh, Liz, your poem that you
1: read before, again, absolutely wonderful. Is, is there somewhere that we can see your work and read more of your work?
2: Uh, yes, I also have a, a Facebook page. Um, I write under the page name The Hairdresser's Wife. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, it's also on Instagram and um, I try to post weekly or daily and it's, it's a process, you know. <laughs> I try as much as I can to post. Is that important to sort of keep
1: that, that sort of productivity going to write, no matter what it is, just write something every day?
2: Yeah, it's a challenge. And and to keep it going, it gives you more ideas because you keep feeding off that because you want to improve and you want to hopefully expand your following, get your ideas out there. Mm-hmm.
1: And presumably there'll also be some of your work on the walls around the hub at the moment as yes, part of there this is, exhibition. is. Yeah,
2: I'm very lucky to have three poems on the in the exhibition. Um, so quite chuffed about that
1: oh it's been fantastic to have you with us thank you so much Liz and thank you. Janet I'm delighted to say you are still with us as well what is it like hearing these ladies reading their work like that knowing that you've been there from
0: the very very early stages I just love it and I think I, I, I personally I, I've had a big struggle with them um, with, with with being able to speak my work because I never ever did it for a long, long time and it's only in the last few years that I've felt able to do it. It started off with me doing it in the car and then, and then you know, eventually I was able to stand up and do it in public. So I think I know the challenge and it's a huge challenge and I know that Liz has found that as well and Jane, you know, they were both nervous last night and they read so beautifully and today as well. So it's just, it's just absolutely lovely to hear and... Um, just to be part of it because like i said before we we kind of support and we inspire each other and I don't think I'd write as much as I do if it wasn't for the group sessions because, you know, we all write together in those sessions. I write along with the the group while keeping one eye out. But, you know, I do write as well, which is lovely. So it it's fantastic. Yeah. And it is all it all seems to have this sort of theme of
1: connecting, really, doesn't it? Because it's not just about sort of the group together, but what your words are connecting with people who are either reading or hearing them as well. So it's sort of that connection between people, which is really important, isn't it?
0: I think that's. As important as the creative side of it, and the kind of self expression, and I think um, one of the biggest things is it gives people a chance to be heard if they want to be heard, you know so and and through being heard and through hearing each other, we connect that's that's the way we work as human beings, so it is an immensely kind of powerful thing and and i'm I'm really interested in the idea of listening and active listening. Um because I was somebody who never really used to listen very well at all, and i've learned I hope to listen better. I think I could always get better at it but um there's a there's a lovely saying that's in a in a kind of mythological poem about listening being the cure for loneliness, and mm. I just love that because it's true some people they haven't had the opportunity to be heard always, um like you were talking earlier about mental health issues because people don't feel they can speak out, so they 're not heard <laughs> um so it is that it's that fantastic thing about. Being able to speak and knowing that you're being heard, it's really lovely and very life affirming and just lovely human thing really.
1: It's wonderful to listen to you talk as well about how you've sort of developed yourself throughout your work with the hub, which is just amazing. The sharing and how you've taken so much out of it yourself. And Liz did mention when we were on air earlier how uh, how these sort of sessions work. You gave a little bit of a bit of a hint to us there, Liz. Am I right in thinking, Jan, that you will sort of suggest an idea or sort of create a
0: theme and then people work from it? How does that actually work? Oh, there are so many amazingly fun things that we do, and uh, I think one of the one of the best is. Uh, randomness. People love randomness. So sometimes we'll have like secret envelopes and nobody Ooh. knows what's in them. and you have I'm already to just, loving it. Yeah, and you have to pick <laughs> one at random. I mean, because I did that in a workshop with somebody and I loved it. And what was in our envelopes was a location. And mine was, uh, this was a few years ago when I was doing my MA, my location in my secret envelope was your front room, age nine. And I <gasps> just wrote, and I wrote such a great piece from that really quickly. Because I think... If we sit down and we try and write about with a pre with a kind of preconceived idea, it's really difficult, uh, as I'm sure Liz and Jane will say. But if you give somebody a prompt that they're totally unprepared for, somehow it just flows. It's quite amazing, and um, so yeah, we do things like that. We did an exercise where we looked at fortune cookie messages. That was a lovely one. Um, we've looked at um, doing things from paint charts, you know, colours so you know trying to bring in all the senses we've even done things with smell and with um sound with music because music's so emotive mm-hmm. um so you know you listen to like a really sad piece and then you listen to a really like mad punk piece or something and just write from the music because all these things are so connected all the different art forms and as liz said you know her piece uh, candy cigarette was from a really famous photograph um so we did quite a lot of drawing from art as well uh sorry writing from art and we just use anything and everything, really. I mean, a button, a seashell, a stone, it doesn't really matter what it is. Because when you use those kind of objects um, as starting points for writing, you won't be writing directly about something difficult that's happened to you or something lovely that's happened to you, but it will come out. It's kind of coming at the big things sideways, which I think I've mm. talked about before, you know. And you, your, the stuff that needs to come out will come out. And it will come out so much more easily because it's come from a kind of random prompt rather than you setting. and think, right, I'm going to write about this now because that doesn't really work very well. Or, you know, if you sit down and write about something that's really on your mind, often, the, often it will come out in cliches. But if you write about a button or a torn piece of fabric, you know, it will be that much fresher and kind of more real, really.
1: Does it mean, though, then that once you start doing this, I'm kind of getting the impression that it's
0: probably quite hard to turn the flow off? (laughs) Um, I think that I think that's a really good point, Christy. And I think, you know, it does bring up strong emotions. And I think it's really important to be aware of that. I because I talked about this before. I uh, when I first started writing poetry, I'd been through a couple of difficult things when I was younger and I started writing about those things and I had effectively a nervous breakdown. I became clinically depressed. I was suicidal. So I know all too, you know, too clearly the kind of danger of um, or the, the the danger that can be there if you don't have the support that, you know, around you. And this is why the group is so important. And having somebody who who's kind of trained and understands those kind of boundaries Because, yes, if you open up something really difficult, like a trauma, for instance, that can be, it can cause more trauma. Mm. So we have to be aware of that. And I went to a a conference back in July in Bristol, which was all about, it was lapidus, it was words for well-being. And the woman who gave the keynote address was saying, you know, always assume that trauma is in the room when you're running a workshop because something like one in four people uh, have experienced trauma. And I thought, wow. And that really made me think, so I'm even more aware of that now. You know, it's, we have to, these are powerful things that we're kind of exploring. And so we have to keep that in mind all the time, really. Mm. And uh, that, we sort of reflect that in the way that, so the the way I would put together a session kind of reflects that, I guess. We wouldn't go too deeply into anything. And we always make sure that we end with something that's, um, that's kind of maybe a bit uplifting or supportive, so that people go away feeling supported you know it's really important and that everybody has had a chance to um, to share stuff and if anybody needs to talk afterwards that's fine as well so
2: Very
1: important. And and speaking of the group itself, there were some members that unfortunately we did have to say we can't fit everyone in today. But I believe you have with you some work by one of the ladies that was going to join us and you're going to read it for us. Give us a little bit of the background of this
0: before you read it, Janet. This is a, a very short poem by Jill Stevens, who started coming to the hub, I think, three years ago, two and a half years ago. She's been involved from very early on. And Jill was one of the people who had to have some gentle persuasion to come along because she was, oh, no, it's not for me. I'm not creative. I'm no good. You know, like like so many of us do to ourselves. We were talking about that earlier. And Jill has just discovered a real affinity with words and particularly with poetry. And she's got some really beautiful pieces, very moving. Um, And this is one that uh, I think is particularly I know is particularly close to her heart Um, and it's for her late husband. And she I know that she really 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 agonized over the title of this piece because titles are really important in poems because you've got so few words and the title that she eventually um, ended up with is a Welsh word which is I think this is how you pronounce it it's uh, hi 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 rith hi and it's a really difficult word to translate um, but I did a bit of research and I, it kind of means an unattainable sense of longing for a place, a person or even an even a national history that may never even have existed. And to feel this feeling of higher is to feel a deep incompleteness and recognize it as familiar. Wow. So this was a really. Yeah, it's very, very short. But uh, I said I said that I would read this. For her. <laughs> so I miss you. You would have loved it here. In the cool quiet of the morning. Melting mists and silver seas. Haughty hills and plains of purple. Feed my soul but not my heart. You would have loved it here. I miss you.
1: Oh my word, it just shows how just a few words when they're perfectly crafted like that and from the heart absolutely beautiful Um, ladies thank you so much for being with us this afternoon it's been an absolute joy to have you and we're so privileged that you shared your work with us, thank you for being here and Janet just remind people um, how they uh, they can come along to see this exhibition of many more pieces of work which are all around the walls of the hub
0: right now aren't they Yes, it is a cornucopia big word Great of word. Um, uh, yeah I love that word of um, of art and writing that's being produced by people who come to the hub there's some amazing visual pieces really beautiful and um, <clears throat> lots of beautiful writing as well and so that's going to be up for about two months up until Christmas really and the hub is open every day so you can just come along every day between ten and five and just remind us where it is again oh sorry yes it's, um, it's on the Castletown Road in Port Erin just down from the Four Roads roundabouts Um, It's the old Southlands building, and there's plenty of parking out front.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much again, ladies. And uh, no doubt we will have you back on a show when you're all published. (laughs) Women Today. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month.